Barbecue's our passion, and that's just what you'll get where the Kim Burns is a barbecuer. Tales from the pits. Howdy, welcome to another episode of Tales from the Pits. This is Brian. And Andrew. And we are here today with Bradley Robinson. And hey, Andrew, I can actually hear you today. Awesome. Yeah, we're, we're not recording over the phone, so <laughs> the audio doesn't sound like I'm an AM radio caller, you know, Bob from Altoona. So. We, we could get in my car if that helps. <laughs> and then we, well, then we've done that too, yeah. We, we just try to figure out like how terrible we can make the audio, and then and we, people, we exceed yeah. that. And people still listen. <laughs> All six of them. No, but we are, we are here with Bradley Robinson, a.k.a. Chud, from Leroy and Lewis Barbecue, and also the builder of the Chud Pits, Chud Barbecue Pits. And that's kind of what we're here to talk about today. You can listen to our previous episode with Leroy and Lewis with Evan and Brad if you want to hear more about Brad's cooking history um, and the awesome things that they're doing over at Leroy and Lewis. But we're going to focus today on the pretty badass things that you're doing here with the Chud Pits. So let's talk about how pit building started for you. Uh, pit building started similarly to how I got into cooking barbecue. You know, I started, once I moved down to Texas, I started eating the barbecue and I really wanted to have it all the time, but I didn't want to go out and pay for it all the time. So I learned how to start cooking in my backyard. And once I started cooking, I started out on like a little electric water smoker, one of those Brinkmans, and I outgrew that pretty quick because you can't fit a brisket on it, so that was kind of an issue. And then I started cooking on just a Weber kettle. Cause, and that really helped a lot once I started cooking with actual fire and coal. But at the same time, you have to open up the top to throw wood chunks in. You have to open the top to check the fire, to check the meat, to check everything. So everything was I, – I think about it like high-altitude training. You know what I mean? <laughs> like if you can cook a brisket on a Weber, then once you move to an offset, everything's going to be way easier. So once I started working at Friedman's, I was cooking on offsets, and I started realizing that this barbecue thing was more than – just a hobby you know i really wanted to start pursuing it and taking it more seriously so i started looking into backyard pits something that i could put you know on my patio and i was looking into the home depot pits the academy pits all that stuff but nothing was really what i wanted it was all really like bolted together the smokestack was in the wrong place or i I wanted to make sure that the next pit i got was something that i'm not gonna outgrow in six months like the previous two three pits so i said you know, how hard is it to build a pit? For the same price that I could buy one of these pits that I'm probably gonna outgrow in a couple of months, I could buy the materials and figure it out. And uh, at the same time, Evan uh, had just bought a welder and a grinder because he was building the 500 gallon pit that we now use at Leroy and Lewis. So I said, hey, can I borrow your welder for a couple of weeks? He said, sure. So I have, you figured you could weld at least that well. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah, it was a shot in the dark. I'm like, how hard could it be? It's quite hard, but you know, it's not hard uh, to make a weld that sticks. And is that a MIG, MIG or a stick? Yeah, it's a MIG. Okay. Yeah, yeah, it's not hard to make a weld that holds. It's hard to make a weld that holds and looks pretty. <laughs> but so yeah, I bought a tank on Craigslist, which really stressed out my roommates at the time. Like, why is there an 800-pound propane tank sitting in the driveway? I'm like, I'm going to build a smoker. They're like, yeah, sure you are. Yeah. Bomber, smoker, like you have to be careful. FBI will come after you. Right. But, yeah, so I, I built the, the backyard pit, which is right out this window here. And it was super fun. It came out really well. I mean, and it's held up to this day. It's been about three, four years now. And once I built that first one, I was hooked. You know? So what are, what are some of the features about the backyard one that you put in there that, that you really like? 
and then maybe some of the things that you've learned not to do after that i mean you learn so much with every build it's it's crazy but the the main focus of that backyard pit was i wanted a really big firebox which helps a lot with uh fire management because you can move the fire around you can build it tall you can build it flat and also just a really big smokestack to increase the draw and really just get and really big diameter is what you're yeah about? yeah for sure because a lot of these backyard pits have just like i was saying the smokestack is an afterthought a lot of the times it's just like a little tiny pipe on the top or on the side but so that's what i was really focusing on swings so what were did you have any sort of reference material were you just building this based off of what you'd seen and what you'd been cooking on at friedman's or Leroy and lewis yeah well i learned a lot from the ones i was cooking on at friedman's because they had super tiny fireboxes and they were completely different pits and everything it was really hard to cook on both of them because they both had their limitations and their advantages so i took what i learned from that which was mainly big fireboxes they both had pretty small fireboxes on them uh, working with the exchange between the firebox and the cooking chamber was a big focus because on one of the pits it was a giant opening and the flames would just reach in almost halfway through the pit. So it was a 500 gallon smoker but you could only use half of it which is just a shame, you know. You might as well have a 250 at that point. Yeah, and I'm obviously cooking spaces at a premium, when, you know, especially if you're trying, if you're operating a barbecue joint, you want to be able to use as much of that cooking space as you possibly can. Right. Yeah, and, and with what, what your style of cooking, I know you, you guys tend to do more of a hotter heat, direct heat process, and that's kind of led you into building different types of pits fairly recently. Tell us about the, the chud boxes that have become so famous among our you know little barbecue circles here. Yeah, the chud box, that came out of uh, just the fact, that, like what you're saying, we wanted to expand our, uh, our, our taste for what we can smoke meat with, because... Offset smokers are everywhere nowadays. You know, it's become pretty pretty standard across the board. But it's a certain flavor profile when you're cooking offset. But when you're cooking direct heat, there's so many more opportunities. Because you can cook it really hot and get a, like a grill flavor, get that really good texture difference. And then there's also you can also cook it slow and get that different smoke flavor than indirect heat. So uh, Evan and I were talking about starting to cook some, you know, pork steaks, whole hog, chicken, that kind of stuff, and it became clear that we needed a direct, a direct heat pit. So I, uh, I whipped one up pretty quick uh, a couple of years back, and it's, we use it all the time, every week. All, and, and this was, this was a, uh, it's a sealed design, right, originally. Mm -hmm. was, um, there's no exhaust vents on it. Right. Well, that's the thing. Mm -hmm. I feel like... Well, I look at it nowadays, I look at it, I'm like, I didn't design it to be the way it is. It was just kind of like the imperfections are what makes it work on the first one, that is. Because, uh, you know, it doesn't have any exhaust vents on it, but the, the door kind of bows out in the corners. And that's where all the, all the smoke comes out. And it, and it works really well. It's got the perfect draw to it. It's got really good flavor from it. But moving forward, I'm definitely going to start putting smokestacks and uh, closable doors and all this stuff that will give you more control. And I think it gives you a, a wider variety of ways to cook as well. Right. I mean, like you said, you know, the, the, it's not just that the direct heat pits provide a different profile, but you can do more with them. You can, like you said, you can cook in different ways. I mean, you can lift the lid and, and grill straight up steaks if you wanted to. Right. Or you can do a slower cook. You can do a whole hog. Um, or you can do something in between, like like we were a huge fan of ribs that are direct heat, mm -hmm. um, very hard to hold for commercial business. But 
um, fresh off the pit, direct heat ribs are completely different than offset ribs. Can, and they cook a lot faster too, which is nice. <laughs> yeah, and one of the things that we, we're seeing a lot of in Texas barbecues, you're, you're seeing a sweeter fl- flavor profile on ribs a lot. You're seeing a lot of the sweeter glazes used. And it, it's, it's nice for us to get that bacony flavor that you can only get on a direct heat rib. And you don't need you don't need to sauce it up as much. You don't need to get in the way of the meat as much if you've got that really direct heat sear. You've got that coal flavor on, on the rack of ribs. And you guys have you guys have done that with a lot of different proteins. What all do you cook on the on the Ched box these days? Mostly we're doing whole hog on there. Uh, but we also, whenever we have events or catering gigs, like we'll do uh, chicken on there quite often. We've done uh, some beef tongue on there. We'll put our barbacoa on there whenever we get the chance because that direct heat with all that fat dripping down is just creates a lot of good flavor. But yeah, we've cooked ribs on it before. I mean, pretty much anything, man. It, it's, a, it's both a, another option and it also works as an overflow pit because if you really want to, you can put all the coals on one side, throw a log in there, and just use it like an offset. It's a little heavier smoke, but it works great. So you've started doing some builds um, more on the commercial side for people that are contacting you for you know for smaller projects. I know that your your operations aren't such that you can build you know thousand gallon pits at this time. But tell us about we we were really impressed when we came just looking at the backyard model because it makes sense and that sounds weird but there's so many backyard models that are available from a retail standpoint that from a from a draw and a cooking space functionality just don't make a whole lot of sense so when you started doing the backyard model that you're doing now what were some of the things that you changed from the backyard models that you'd seen and and what makes your pit such a great functional option for people yeah the backyard one i've been building i've sold a few of them so far is just uh trying to yeah trying to make something that makes sense for the average user not someone that's cooking brisket every day all day so i wanted to make something that was portable lightweight you could throw in the back of a truck and bring out if you had to but also had the cooking capacity to cook two three four briskets or you know a couple briskets rack of ribs all that good stuff and but still maintain a price point that's actually reachable for people because a lot of the pits that you see for sale that are backyard made of super thick steel and all this cost thousands of dollars. And I was thinking about me when I first joined the barbecue community. I wanted something that was in between the Home Depot model and the custom build, you know, $1,000 pits. So I wanted to make something that was approachable. And, and there's a, a number of features that we pointed out <clears throat> when we're talking about when we first saw it. Um, let's kind of go from, from the firebox to the smokestack. A few things that, are, that you've designed into this pit. The first thing that, that we noticed was the, the size of the firebox. And I know you already mentioned that a little bit earlier, but um, explain the benefits of having a bigger firebox on a small pit. On a small pit, it's great because if you, sh- you can uh, shimmy the fire back and forth in a sense. So if you pull it all the way, if you have a full pit, full of meat you can bring that fire back another foot away from the meat which is beneficial because then you're not the fire's not reaching and you're not going to scorch anything or grill anything but at the same time if you're cooking if you want to cook hot and fast you can move that fire forward and you know grill off some poppers or crisp up a pork steak or something like that pork steak our uh, favorite yes now and then the um from from the firebox the other thing that that you were showing us was the grate 
um, in the cooking space on this, uh, that you went to a lot of trouble to, to amplify the cooking space versus, again, what you get off the shelf. So um, kind of what did you do there? And then and that would probably lead us to the exhaust, I think, too. Yeah, the great uh, one thing I was saying is whenever I look at these commercial pits for sale, the grates are not often edge to edge. There's always like a gap or something to try and make the grate removable or whatever. But on uh, on the pits that I build, I really try to maximize the amount of space that you can put everything. So you have as much real estate as possible on the cooker from front to back. So once you learn the hot zones, you can really utilize them to get hot and fast or low and slow or anything and just fit as much meat as possible. I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a, probably at least a cubic foot extra by doing that going to the edges so it, it definitely gives you some more space on and makes it more efficient on a small pit yeah and i like the built-in shelf that you did up top that you can put a small water pan on because you know obviously keep you know keeping humidity and moisture throughout the cook is is critical and so just the, the little things that you've thought of because you approach this from a cooking background i think really really benefit the the home cook because a lot of the home cooks don't they may not even know that those are essential parts to to having a a good final product and I guarantee you the mass producers that you're getting at the Home Depot and Academy aren't thinking of things like just a, something that seems as simple as having a little shelf that you can put a water pan on is a it's a it's a really cool feature. Yeah, it's really uh, it's been a lot. It's been a big help approaching pit building from a cooking perspective, because a lot of people that may, are making pits aren't necessarily cooks. I was just talking to Sheldon Mason about that, how there's uh, when you actually have cooked barbecue for years and you and you've been through it all you you start making notes of all the little things that get annoying and like that you could change so when you build a pit you can really put in a lot of detail and uh, try and make it the best cooking vessel possible yeah, shout out to sheldon mason mason barbecue who also makes some really cool pits um we got to got to see those in action at windy city so that was that was really cool he's doing some really nice stuff out there too and then uh from the grate out to the back uh the biggest thing that you can see on this kind of literally uh, is is the smokestack so um, a little different design definitely than what you buy off the shelf um, even some of the custom built you know in the backyard size it's hard to get something um, with that style of smokestack so tell us a little bit about that as well yeah that was a, a main focus on on all of my paces a, a really big fat tall smokestack really makes all the difference when it comes to convection and just drawing that smoke but uh, on these, on the backyard ones, I do the collector style, which uh, is necessary because they're made of uh, piping instead of propane tanks, so they're not rounded edges. So you really have to have that collector in there to create a hot zone that's not on the grate where the heat and all the smoke hits the back wall. It's going to create a little back pressure. But if having that little collector really frees up some real estate. So right where the thermometer sits is the money zone where you want to keep your meat without having too much smoke, too much direct heat, and just all around good convection. We also noticed the the small version of the chud pit that you've built out there as well, and which we're kind of salivating over yeah, because yeah. we've been we've been thinking of something like that for a while. So the, tell us a little bit. Pocket of, rocket of direct heat. That's pits. right. Yeah. yeah. Tell us a little bit about that design. That is just because I wanted pork steak. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, I whipped it up one day. It was a pretty quick build. It's uh maybe a two foot by foot and a half uh direct heat pit that is on wheels that I can just pull pull out of the garage and fire up, throw some charcoal in the bottom. And I just cooked some pork steaks last night. It's great for cooking chicken. It's the perfect, uh, I made it the perfect size to fit racks of ribs vertically on it. So you could probably fit four racks of ribs on there. And 
I love it. It's a great way to cook. I mean, because you get that direct heat flavor hankering. You got to fire something yeah. up. And, but it, and it's small. Uh, is it? It's small, so you don't have to burn an entire bag of charcoal to right. get it up to temperature and, and run it all day. So, um, quick to get in, quick to get out, and, and you know, like I said, I mean, four racks of ribs is not. You know that's that's more than what I can eat probably. But yeah, we have to have that challenge. And, and it's an easy pit to fire up if you don't want to go through the process of offset smoking for twelve hours or doing a brisket or something like that. You could fire that up on a weeknight and do steaks on there real fast. Right. Well, that's that's kind of why I made it. It's just so for some, if I want to cook a chicken thigh or two or like a half chicken or something like that, I'm not going to break the bank with wood cost or you know have to wait twelve hours for anything to like fire up and get hot. It's uh, yeah, it's been a lot of fun. So you've, you've done multiple pit builds, obviously, for Leroy and Lewis, um, and you've done some pit builds for some other people in the barbecue industry. Uh, you recently did a 250-gallon pit for Chris McGee. Tell us a little bit about that one. Yeah, that was the second 250 I've built, and uh, Chris really wanted all the, the bells and whistles on there, which was a challenge, but it was also a big learning curve for me. It was the first time I did double racks, the foldable stack, the grill grate and the firebox. It was a fully insulated firebox as well and uh, the fun thing about that one is that it's on a custom-built trailer from uh, made by ryan from uh, backline fab which they do fantastic work they just built the uh the puska pit and a whole bunch of others and the, the amazing bangers pits and yeah, smoke I just, yeah. that they do I yeah just cooked on works those, of art uh, those bangers uh hog pits a couple weeks back it was a lot of fun, but yeah, he really knows what he's doing. He was actually the first guy I met in the welding community when I was building my very first pit. I went to the first place that said steel on the outside, <laughs> and I said, I need a circle. And he's like, what are you talking about? I show up in flip-flops, and he's like, what are you doing, man? But he really helped me out, and uh, we've maintained friends and stayed in contact through the whole thing, and now he's off building his own pits, which is awesome. So I really met the right guy at the right time. He's been a big help. And uh, he made a really beautiful trailer for that pit. It was custom made to the actual smoker. And uh, it came out really nice. Had a really good paint job on it. But, yeah, that 250, I'm, I'm jealous. I kind of miss seeing it, to be honest. <laughs> I kind of want one myself. Kind of like your children, I guess, after right, you put that yeah. much into yeah, it. Watching, yeah. them, watching them leave the driveway is always a little hard. Yeah, well, now you're just going to have to build another one. You'll I keep know. this one. So. I know. And you also built the uh, the infamous Red Rocket, uh, the the competition pit that Gary Leroy uses. Yeah, yeah, Gary's pit. That was uh, the first 250, which was uh, which was a fun build. That's a pretty uh, pretty basic pit, which which is nice. I still cook on it to this day because it's Gary's pit that he brings down to competitions and stuff. But he uh, he we keep it at Leroy and Lewis, and we use it for you know overflow, cooking barbacoa mostly, smoking bones, that kind of stuff. And it's a great pit. It's uh, the paint hasn't uh, chipped away or smoked up too bad. We're all a little concerned when he said he's going to paint it bright red to match his truck, but <laughs> you know I've grown to love it over time. Gary's a character, so that's not surprising that that he would choose a bright rocket red color for that pit. Yeah, so that works. Um, talking about how to get your pits, if someone's interested in buying a chud pit or are doing a custom build or a custom order with you. How do they contact you, and what you know, and, and what are your you know what are your time frames or options right now in terms of what you're offering? Uh, the best way to contact me is on Instagram. Honestly, just hit me up at uh, Chuds Barbecue, BBQ, and uh, I'll, I'm pretty flexible with what people want. I can add do 
whatever you guys need. But uh, as for a wait list right now, there's not really much I've got. Actually, I've got three chud boxes that I've got to build. I got one done. That's going to Brick Vault out in Marathon. And uh, one's going up to, to Wright's Barbecue. And I think Joel Garcia is going to get one as well. And uh, there's also that giant 20-foot trailer I'm sure you saw on the way in. That's, yes. That's for uh, Leroy and Lewis. We're going to put the chud box in uh, Old Rusty, the big 500-gallon, all in the same pit to make life a little easier for us. So, I mean, I do work a very full-time job at Leroy and Lewis. <laughs> yes, yes, you do. <laughs> so uh, I try to get things done as quick as possible, but you're looking for, you know, it's going to be a couple couple weeks if you're looking for a pit. But a lot of these pits I can I can whip out pretty quick because I made them a few times. So just hit me up on Instagram, and I'll gladly give you pricing and details and customization and whatever you're looking for. So backyard, so the chud box, which is direct heat, uh, backyard offsets, um, up to maybe a 250-gallon, right around that's kind right. of a sweet spot for, for size. Yeah, for you. like yeah. I said, I'm just uh, just one man in a garage with minimal tools, so I'm not busting out 1,000-gallon trailers and all that stuff <laughs> quite yet. But every pit buys another tool. So if you're looking for something for the backyard, something approachable, something entryway, or even if you're trying to get something a little more professional, up to 250, yeah, give me a call. And we, we can't talk about Joel Garcia without saying, sorry, Joel, we're coming to the Valley. It's going to happen soon. Um, it's happening. We talked about it earlier today. Right. It, it, it's happening this fall. Teddy's Barbecue will be opening in the hopefully near future, and we're looking forward to that. And now we're really looking forward to seeing what he cooks on the Chud Box. So pressure's on, Joel. We're coming. <laughs> want to see some pork steaks, Joel. That, yeah, we, we do want to see some pork steaks. We don't want brisket when we go down to the Valley, damn it. <laughs> We're going to get pork steak fatigue here pretty soon, boys. No, no. Pork steak and barbacoa. That's, that's the run. But, yes, we, we've been a fan of the Bills, as obviously you've done for Leroy and Lewis. And, you know, we, we like to make fun of Evan's pit that he started on. Sorry, Evan. We'll, we'll stop teasing it's, you it's, about it's it. It's a love, Evan. It, it is a love. It, it, it's, we're, we're more just marveled at how great the barbecue is on that pit. <laughs> but, yeah, that pit. But, but we were we were convinced you got into pit building because you knew that you'd have job security forever because Evan wasn't going to build anymore. So. <laughs> Definitely helps. But yes, the the barbecue that you've turned out in your cooking career on on the pits that you built it's it's one of the more unique stories in barbecue. There's not a whole lot of people that could say they're you know they're cooking and serving barbecue off of pits that they've built. And there's a few out there, but not a ton. You know, Reed Guess is one of them. There's a couple others. But, uh, but yeah, big fans of what you've been doing. Big fans of your pits. Um, if you're looking to get a direct heat pit or a backyard offset pit, contact at Chud's BBQ on Instagram. He will uh, respond to you pretty quickly. And uh, you have to work around his schedule because he still has to make great barbecue all the time. But he'll, uh, he'll get it built for you. And his pits are affordable, and you should definitely contact him. Okay, so we've got some off-the-wall questions for you that don't necessarily have to do with pit builds. I'm going to put you on the spot for this one. Lightning round? Oh, yeah, no, it's kind of a lightning oh, round, lightning I guess. Round, lightning, so, lightning Leroy and Lewis, you get to cook some pretty unique stuff, not just standard barbecue, but some different proteins and different cooking methods. Is there anything you've wanted to cook that they've looked at you and said, you're crazy, we're not doing that? I pitched doing some beef heart a couple months back. And they were like, that's crazy. I've, I've all, Honestly, the one that they've actually said no to is I want to do some smoked Rocky Mountain oysters. <laughs> that's the only one they said no one's going to buy smoked bull testicles, Brad. Stop. I'm like, all right. But other than that, it's pretty much fair game. They're really, uh, they're really good with letting me be creative and do whatever I want to do pretty much. 
So what's what's the most off the wall idea you had that actually came out well? Off the wall? I mean, there's just been a lot of suggestions that I thought were jokes that came to reality. Like one time we're talking about avocado toast. <laughs> and it's like, let's just do a barbacado. <laughs> turns out it's the best selling thing we got on the menu. <laughs> Dude. Same with the, the kale Caesar salad that we sell all the time. That thing is really good. Yeah. And, and I, we, I, we were I didn't want it to be good because yeah. I freaking hate kale. Yeah. And then the first time I had it, I'm like, son of a bitch. Right. This is actually good. Damn it. Yeah, we, we, we become adventurous on your menu. I mean, we know. And, and I think it's something that we've talked about with, with a lot of restaurants. You build a trust with your audience and your fan base that they're willing to, maybe not as far as the Rocky Mountain Oysters, uh, but, but they're willing to, to go and, and see what it is, right? You know, you can, you can have something and they're going, okay, we'll try that. And, and a lot of times it turns out great. Although if we want to, if we want to really make Evan's life miserable, if you're listening to this and you'd like to see Rocky Mountain Oysters on the menu, <laughs> D- let's, make, let's make it happen. DM Evan Leroy. <laughs> Rocky Mountain Oyster Party. DM him and just say balls. Nothing else. <laughs> balls. If he gets 50 messages that say balls, he probably still won't put it on the menu, but it would be funny. <laughs> yeah. So what does uh, Mr. Chud like to eat when you're not working at Leroy and Lewis? Honestly, I, I'm really hoping I get sick of barbecue at some point, but I'll, oftentimes I'll come home and I'll be working on a pit and I'll just fire one up in the driveway. Like just last night I was cooking uh, some beef back ribs and some pork steaks. And oftentimes I cook it and I don't even really want to eat it. I just, I just like, <laughs> I just like cooking it. But if I'm not eating barbecue, I mean, fried chicken has definitely been a, uh, a highlight in recent, recent times. How, to, how did we not talk about fried chicken? How stupid are we? Well, we are now. Yeah, we are now. Yeah. Yes. Fried chicken. Continue. Yeah. Fried chicken. That was, uh, a couple years back, my roommate asked me to cook some fried chicken for him. And I'm like, sure. How could it? I mean, it's not hard, right? Just dunk some chicken in some flour and fry it. And it just came out terrible. And Evan stopped by and I was now feeding like a chef shitty fried chicken. And I just, <laughs> it was super embarrassing. So it kind of gave me that motivation to really do a deep dive and try a bunch of different uh, techniques and methods and it just kind of turned into an obsession similarly to how barbecue did or pit building did there's a pattern here but uh yeah i came up with a recipe that i'm pretty proud of and uh people seem to like it. we did a pop-up a couple weeks back and a lot of people came out and uh i'm sure we'll be doing one again pretty soon yeah chud's fried chicken is is starting to achieve some uh urban legend status at this point it's you know it's one of those if you see an event coming up that's going to be featuring Chud's Fried Chicken. It's you, you, that's appointment television for you barbecue fans there. So get out and eat that. Um, barbecue joints. What's something that you would like to see more of at a barbecue joint? It, it could even be your own truck or it could be just something you're not seeing enough of right now. Because something we've talked a lot about. Right. I mean, I think we're all on the same page. Right? I just want to see some more direct heat cooking. Honestly, like no matter the protein, it doesn't have to be just pork steaks or things like that or chicken but like there's so we many did, we did not slip him money under the table to <laughs> <laughs> and we are not sponsored by pork steak because that's <laughs> yeah. not an actual company but it should be it should <laughs> be but yeah i think i think that's the next move honestly for most barbecue joints to help separate yourself from the pack because everyone's doing brisket ribs and sausage similarly i think it's time that the direct heat really took over it's like you can do ribs that way that come out with a great flavor chickens pork steaks you know, anything you throw on a direct heat cooker is going to have a completely different smoke and completely different flavor profile than what you're going to get on a direct heat pit. 
So, you know, a lot of offset, especially brisket, obviously takes a long time and takes a lot of effort to cook. Do you think that um, a lot of the direct heat is, is more of a, a chefy, more of a skill? Or is it um, kind of the same? Or, you know, what is it about direct heat that, other than the flavor profile, which we love, but um, what is that from a, a, a chef and a cook's perspective that, that interests people? The thing about direct heat, it's, uh, it's, it's I feel like it's more... Uh, it's a little more difficult than cooking on an offset because you got live coals. If you're cooking a whole hog, like two feet above a bed of live coals, once that fat starts rendering out, you really got to keep an eye on it. Otherwise, It'll burn down your yeah. restaurant. Yeah, yeah. I was gonna say, have you set one on fire yet? Yeah, oh, a couple times. <laughs> <laughs> he, had to, he had to change that yeah. number several times. <laughs> I was gonna say, like, if you, if I was gonna design a recipe for a grease fire, it would be a whole hog on top of a bed of coals. But it's uh it's a labor of love, just like anything else, man. It's uh, you just got to really keep an eye on it. You got to get that right smoke. You can't cook it too hot, or else you'll start charring the bottom, or things will start to dry out. It's really easy to dry things out over direct heat. So if you have a really nice, juicy piece of meat off a direct cooker, then you know that that person stood there for 12 hours and really made sure that everything went properly. From from a you know the, the direct heat requires charcoal. You can't do actual burning wood. Um, is there any particular kind of charcoal that, that you like to work with or do you burning down your own wood and is, is there because that has a lot more effect on the flavor in a direct heat than it does even on an offset yeah for sure ideal situation would be either burning your your own wood down in like a burn barrel oftentimes the Leroy and Lewis will have the direct bo- uh, chud box right next to the, uh, the indirect smoker and we'll just pull coals right out of the firebox because once the coals are already lit it's a lot easier to predict what's going to happen Whereas if you're using charcoal, it, there's the lighting period, and then there's the burning, and then it's, it's a lot harder to gauge. But at the same time, if you're throwing unlit charcoal in there, it'll work. I mean, you can get like uh, the minion method, I think they call it, mm-hmm. where it uh, just burns really slow for a long time. But you're also going to get a lot dirtier smoke that way. You're going to get a lot more like uh, just that the smoldering smoke rather than like that clean fire that you or the clean heat you get from using actual coals but as far as if using charcoal because that's what i put in the uh the old baby chud box that i fire up in the backyard all the time just lump charcoal just oak lump really works well you just gotta get a big pile let it lit let it get lit and uh once it's once it's hot it stays hot for a long time burns hotter and longer Probably not using any kind of match light charcoal. Um, but yes, and, and lump, I, you know, one of the things that interests me about lump is because it is naturally shaped, right? It, you don't have the same kind of consistency in the briquette. Mm-hmm. And so is, is it harder to deal with lump? I mean, or is it just something you get used to? I prefer lump just because the briquettes, they ash out a lot more because I think they're made out of uh, compressed sawdust. So once it burns down, you just get a big pile of ash and that'll like uh, smother the, the fire. And if you're you know fanning the fire or anything, you're gonna get a lot of dust in the air. You're gonna get ash all over your food. So I try to stay away from briquettes because at the end of the day, you're gonna end up with just a big pile of dust. But where a uh, lump burns more like actual wood and you'll end up with a good coal bed and it's not nearly as dirty to cook with. We talked about what you'd like to see more in barbecue. What would you like to see less of in barbecue? Less of in barbecue? And you fat can't, guys, and fat you can't guys, say brisket. Fat guys in t-shirts doing podcasts. Yeah, fat, <laughs> fat guys with backwards baseball caps and big beards. 
Less of in barbecue. I would like to see less of the same, to be honest. I think that we it's the last revolution in barbecue is everyone kind of getting on the same page where we're all trying to make the best brisket. But I want barbecue to become more than just a brisket competition. And I think the next list and the next everything that's coming up is going to focus a lot more on what sets people apart instead of what makes people similar, what everyone's doing the same thing of. Because I'd like to, that's why the whole direct, uh, direct heat conversation comes up because that's one way that people can set themselves apart and just add more variety to their menus. And I think that that's really what people are going out to see, at least the people like us that travel for barbecue and eat barbecue all the time. I'm not trying to eat the same slice of brisket every day. That may be one of my favorite answers anyone's given on this show in 120 episodes. Like, cause that's basically everything that we talk about. Right, right. But yeah, we fully agree on that. You know, more variety in barbecue, especially when, when the quantity of options are I mean, keep, well, dif- just differentiation, keep right. And, yeah. and uniqueness to yeah. where you can have different experiences and it's not, you know, we, we always say it's experiential. It's not about the location or the setting, but, but the menu, everything's kind of, uh, you know compressed into a very narrow window of what we think barbecue well, everyone should be. found one way that works yeah. and went down that tunnel but right yeah. and i think that's a great thing because it basically kind of sifted out all the places that can hold up you know everyone's on the same page now because now everyone knows what a good brisket is what a good rack of ribs is and now i'm glad to see that like things like sausage in like house-made pickles and bread and stuff like that is really starting to make a difference rather than just, you know, who's got the best meat. Yeah, I mean, not, not everything has to be served on a metal tray. I mean, don't serve it on a paper plate, but it doesn't have to be on a metal tray either. So that's one of the things that, you know, from the way you plate it, the way you cook it, what you're cooking, you know, it all, it all matters. And it's fun for us to see those differences. What you do is one of the classic examples of why why we love coming and eating that barbecue is it's the different their differentiation and the less of the same so thank you for taking the time thank you for cooking different building different types of pits and uh, making it fun for nerds like us thank you for having me thanks for coming by all right chud barbecue chud bbq at chud yeah at chud bbq on instagram hit them up get you a pit go to Leroy and lewis eat lots of barbecue